0: Skeptics will continue to attempt to debunk the Holy Scriptures, but they will continue to fail. Because God's word is the definition of truth, all positions that contradict it will be false, also by definition. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Be free. Believe the truth. Now for today's subject. God said that Jesus Christ was His only begotten Son, born of the Virgin Mary. God also said that Jesus Christ ministered the words of God to the world, that He was crucified to save sinners, and that He resurrected from the dead and now sits on the right hand of the Father. Men said that there is not one shred of evidence that Jesus Christ ever lived and fulfilled those things. Now the record. This man was emphatic. He said that there wasn't one shred of evidence proving the existence of Jesus Christ, not one shred. This man and those of his persuasion throw out their challenges, taking comfort that most have not had the time or taken the time to research and gather the information needed to refute their claims. It has been said that there is more recorded history that Jesus Christ lived and walked the face of this earth than there is that George Washington did, and that statement is obviously true. History is replete with testimonies that certify the lives of the Lord Jesus Christ and those of his disciples and apostles. Most who challenge Christ's existence do so with the hope that they are never proven wrong. When they are exposed to truth, they refuse to hear. Those who pretend to seek proof of the Lord's existence in most cases can't even define what constitutes proof. Webster defines proof, in law and logic, the degree of evidence which convinces the mind of the certainty of truth or fact and produces belief. Proof is derived from personal knowledge, or from the testimony of others, or from conclusive reasoning, end of quote. God gives commandment concerning proof via witnesses in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, and any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses, or at the mouth of three witnesses, shall the matter be established. Two or more credible witnesses can establish proof. By this proof standard, the existence of Jesus Christ is proven over and over and over again. The mighty men of God, who penned his New Testament word, did it at the risk of death, and they testified of the glorious life of Jesus Christ. According to church tradition, most of the writers were put to death. They were men of highest principle. They were credible witnesses. The apostle Paul, who was also put to death for his witness for Jesus, wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Five hundred witnesses at one time. The very fact that the Jews constructed a defense against the testimony of Jesus Christ is in itself a certification that he did live. Their official position was that Jesus Christ was a bastard and a sorcerer. It was necessary that Jesus be a fatherless child, a bastard. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 speaks prophetically of the miraculous virgin birth of the coming Messiah. It reads, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. If Jesus was born of the virgin Mary, as the scriptures attest, then the Jews crucified the Messiah. Therefore, we see their position that Jesus Christ was a bastard. Secondly, if Jesus Christ performed all the marvelous miracles ascribed to him in the scriptures, as well as in ancient history, then he could only have been the holy prophet of God and the Messiah that he said he was, and as the Bible declares. The Jews' official position, then, is that Jesus Christ was a sorcerer, or else they, the Jews, instigated the crucifixion of their Messiah. This is still the position of the unsaved Jews of today. They may have toned down the verbiage, but the result is the same. The Jewish defense against Jesus is a certification for the existence of the Christ. The following passage is from the ancient Jewish Babylonian Talmud. This is a piece of their historical record of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was hanged on Passover Eve. Forty days previously, the herald had cried, He is being led out for stoning because he practiced sorcery and led Israel astray and enticed them into apostasy. Whosoever has anything to say in his defense, let him come and declare it. As nothing was brought forward in his defense, he was hanged on Passover Eve. Of course, the Lord Jesus was tried and crucified on the Passover. He is known in the scriptures as Christ our Passover. Recently quite a stir was made over the archaeological find of an ancient ossuary discovered in Israel. This ossuary was a 20-inch long box which once held the bones of a dead man. Between the years 20 B.C. and 70 A.D., it was a burial custom to place one's bones in the ossuary for final burial after the flesh was fully decayed. This find was especially electrifying because of the inscription on its side. It read, Yehokov bar Yosef Aku de Yeshua, which means James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. These following excerpts were found in an AP article dated October 22, 2002. A burial box that was recently discovered in Israel and dates to the first century could be the oldest archaeological link to Jesus Christ according to a French scholar whose findings were published Monday. An inscription in the Aramaic language, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, appears on an empty ossuary, a limestone burial box for bones. Andrew LeMay said it's very probable the writings refer to Jesus of Nazareth. He dates the ossuary to A.D. 63, just three decades after the crucifixion. LeMay, a specialist in ancient inscriptions at France's Practical School of Higher Studies, published his findings in the November-December issue of Biblical Archaeological Review. The Reverend Joseph Fitzmaier, a Bible professor at Catholic University who studied photos of the box, agrees with LeMay that the writing style fits perfectly with other first-century examples. The joint appearance on these three famous names, the joint appearance, excuse me, of these three famous names is striking, he said. But the big problem is you have to show me the Jesus in this text is the Jesus of Nazareth, and nobody can show me that, Fitzmaier said. LeMay addresses Fitzmaier's question further in the article. All three names were commonplace but LeMay estimates only 20 Jameses in Jerusalem during that area would have had a father named Joseph and a brother named Jesus. Moreover, naming the brother as well as the father on an ossuary was very unusual, LeMay wrote. There's only one other known example in Aramaic. Thus, this particular Jesus must have had some unusual role or fame, and Jesus of Nazareth certainly qualified, LeMay concluded. LeMay dated the ossuary at 63 A.D., History shows James, the brother of Jesus, being stoned to death in 62 A.D. One of the world's greatest historians was a man whose first name was, uh, excuse me, birth name was Joseph Ben Matthias, later to be called Flavius Josephus. He was one of a priestly family through his mother and also of the Davidic line. He functioned as a Jewish priest, a general of the Israeli army in one of its revolts against Rome, and as a rebel prisoner, and he remained there. Until Vespasian became emperor. When Vespasian was named emperor of Rome, Josephus was released from prison and he accompanied the new emperor to Alexandria. Two years prior to his release from prison, when Vespasian was a Roman general and the family of the Caesars ruled Rome, the priest Josephus prof- prophesied that Vespasian would one day become emperor of Rome. The prophecy was quite astounding for at least two reasons. First, No emperor had yet been created out of Rome. Second, no one could have predicted that Nero would bring the rule of the family of the Caesars to an end with his suicide. It appears that this prophecy gave Josephus favor with the new emperor, while the Jews viewed him as a traitor. Josephus was engaged by the Romans to write a history of the Jews. The life of Josephus compares in some ways very much to that of the Old Testament prophet priest Jeremiah. In Jeremiah's day, the Jews were being besieged by the Babylonian hordes under King Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah was classified as a traitor, and more than once the Jewish leaders tried to destroy him because he told the Jewish people to surrender to Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah said this was judgment brought by God because of their rebellion against his commandments. This parallel between Jeremiah and Josephus is obvious when you consider that later Josephus returns to Jerusalem with Titus, the son of the emperor, when the Jewish wars resumed. Josephus went around the walls of Jerusalem, pleading with his Jewish brethren to surrender to the Romans. They refused, and Josephus watched the utter destruction of Jerusalem, the great temple, and its people. This terrible judgment was prophesied by the Lord Jesus Christ, Luke chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and they shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. And then again in Luke chapter 21, verses 5 through 7, And as some spake of the temple, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts, he said, As for these things which ye behold, the days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. In book 20, chapter 9, of the histories of this man Josephus, the following excerpt is found concerning James, the brother of Jesus. Now the report goes that this elder Ananus proved a most fortunate man, for he had five sons, who had all performed the office of a high priest to God, and he had himself enjoyed that dignity a long time formerly, which had never happened to any other of our high priests. But this younger Ananus, who, as we have told you already, took the high priesthood, was a bold man in his temper, and very insolent. He was also of the sect of the Sadducees, who were very rigid in judging offenders, above all the rest of the Jews, as we have already observed. When therefore Ananus was of this disposition, he thought he had now a proper opportunity to exercise his authority. Festus was now dead, and Albinus was but upon the road. So he assembled the Sanhedrin of the judges, and brought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James, and some others, or some of his companions. And when he had formed an accusation against them as breakers of the law, he delivered them to be stoned. In an ancient writing from about 330 AD, the following excerpt was found. Now James was so wonderful a person and was so celebrated by all others for righteousness that the judicious Jews thought this to have been the occasion of that siege of Jerusalem, which came on presently after his martyrdom, and that it befell them for no other reason than that impious fact they were guilty of against him. Josephus, therefore, did not refuse to attest thereto in writing by the words following, These miseries befell the Jews by way of revenge for James the Just, who was the brother of Jesus that was called Christ, on account that they had slain him, who was a most righteous person. The historical record of the Lord Jesus Christ and of his disciples and apostles is monumental. Only the foolish would deny it. God said that Jesus Christ was his only begotten Son, born of the Virgin Mary. God also said that Jesus Christ ministered the words of God to the world, that he was crucified to save sinners, and that he resurrected from the dead and now sits on the right hand of the Father. Man said that there is not one shred of evidence that Jesus Christ ever lived or fulfilled those things. Now you have the record.